Blog Talk Radio. tuning in to another great evening with a wonderful guest and some great music. Let me uh, introduce my guest today, Mr. Trey McNair. I'm going to read a little bit about him so that you'll know who's behind the scenes and making all these things happen in the music world. Hello. <laughs> in an industry known for star talent in front of either a microphone or camera, to the contrary, Mr. Trey McNair, a.k.a. the deal maker, towers this definitive example of the new millennium super broker for successful acts and events. An accomplished booking agent and an entertainment consultant has afforded the unprecedented amount of trusted celebrity allies and long-lasting corporate business relationships that makes Trey McNair, the dealmaker, the ultimate manager consultant. The former manager of Grammy-nominated producer D.H., a.k.a. Cleftones, of Flower Tree and Jill Scott fame, as well as internationally acclaimed bass player Nathaniel Nixon, otherwise known as Danny Man, who has performed with stalwarts such as Music Soul Child, Kelly Price, John P. Key, Tremaine Hawkins, Donnie McClurkin, Patti LaBelle, Stevie Wonder, and Tyler Perry, represents the incredible business savvy and unyielding uh, leadership qualities that Trey has. So while his current duties as manager for IT writer Ernest Tron Anderson, a film and television creative consultant, rewriter, writer, and producer of Blockbuster's Bad Boys, oh, my favorite movie, Men in Black, Independence Day, State Property, Hitch, and the groundbreaking television show The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is what has Trey poised to become the blueprint for the ideal entertainment module. I'm so happy to welcome Trey McNair. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Trey. Thank you very much for having me. Wow. So so what would a what would a, a mago like like you um work? I, I guess you're kind of like right next to P Diddy. 
know, when, when I had to look at it, I want to see your face next to P. Diddy when I think about you. So, you know, that's, well, that's amazing. Well, I, I have been next to him. If you, if, you, if you Google my name and you'll see, <laughs> I've been next to him before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you, um, what was it that drove you to enter the music industry as a career choice? Well, um, as a a child, I had the gift of song. So I started singing and uh, singing at a quite early age, and I decided to go into music at, you know, at an early age. So um, that's what started me in the industry. Wow. All right, so did you, were you performing? Uh, yeah, as a child, I performed in a lot of different competitions. Um, actually, I was uh, I started out singing classical opera with a uh, concentration of Negro spirituals. Um, oh. So I've won many competitions <laughs> um, from uh, junior high to high school and singing in my church and so on and so forth. That um, at and when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to go into uh, the music industry as a vocalist at that time. I won't tell mm-hmm. anybody my age, but it, <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> but I noticed, that, I noticed that at that time, as a classical artist, um, there wasn't too many roles for black males in the early 90s or the late 80s. Uh, and I wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, I had aspirations to be a great lead, leading role person, but there really wasn't no role there. So I decided to, to go into the R&B world as a vocalist. And then as a healthy young man at that time, still healthy, <laughs> it really wasn't, uh, <laughs> I, I really, they didn't know what to do with my voice. And I was a healthy, I will say healthy. So they didn't, I wasn't as marketable as they, people wanted me to be. And then I found myself in a, a um, didn't know which way to go. So um, this is a long answer to a question. So from there, I uh, decided that I had to do something different than just singing if I wanted this to be a career in the music industry. So I decided to reach out to family members that have been in the industry for quite a long time and reach out to people that I knew and started to learn from them. And that's what made that what helped me make my decision to go into the industry on the uh, on the background, in the uh, foreground, in the uh, you know, instead of being in front, I decided to be in the back. Okay. So now tell me, what was the first position that you held when you got in, in that deep into the industry in the background? <laughs> I was what you call, I started out as a runner. And a runner, in, when you do events or shows, um, a runner is a person that they, it's like a gopher. <laughs> you, you do every, you know, whatever the artist, if the artist needs something, they need a bucket of chicken, you know, I would have been the one that went to go get the bucket of chicken. <laughs> <If> <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever it may have been. And that's how I, that's how I started. All right, you now I'm going to ask you. Go ahead. 
I was going to ask you, what artist asked you to go get a bucket of chicken? (laughs) (laughs) The first person that asked me to go get them some chicken was a young lady by the name of Mickey Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh. Mickey was was tying up the chicken right before her show. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey loved her chicken. That's all I can say. She loved her food. (laughs) Well, I know Beyonce loves some fried chicken too. So I mean, uh, I guess they she still has runners um, getting her stuff too as well, and oh, yes. uh, take care of her. Yeah, <laughs> and you, most of the time we don't, you know, most of the time runners don't even really meet the, you know, really get to meet the artist the way they want to. You you just, uh, you know, drop you, you, you're the lowest person on the total pole. So it's okay, drop it there, you know, or, or the person that's that's actually coordinating that artist is really the, the go-to person. So, But yet, you learn a lot. You learn the behind-the-scenes type of stuff. Okay. So what was your next step? How did, when, you, when you were promoted, <laughs> what was your next position? Well, as being a very ambitious person and knowing, knowing that once I learned some of the things I needed to learn, I knew that I would go to the next level real quick. My next step was... Um, co-coordinating an event with one of the coordinators. I started working with some of the people behind the scenes of uh, then State Property. Um, I, people like B. Siegel and P. Crack at the time and Freeway, I know they, and, you know, then they always saw my face and me doing, running around like a chicken with its head cut off and not really knowing who the heck I was. <laughs> But that's, <laughs> that's what I started doing. You know, when you're doing when you're doing that stuff and you're moving and they're doing their thing and you you know you're trying to get what you need to get done. That was you know you you kind of on the go. So my next step was going from a runner to going into uh, helping the the main person that was putting it you know doing the behind the scenes. Okay, so that meant that you were given you know way more responsibility for that event at that time. Yes. 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 And yes. So what kind what kind of events what kind of events were you doing? You know, like was it just a major concert or was it something smaller? They were major they were concerts, they were smaller concerts and they were also some touring uh tours, spot shows, um up and down the east coast. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what was what was the next position then? Because I I could I could tell because you're so successful now that you didn't spend a lot of time in each one of those lower positions. But so no, I it learned. Seems I learned like, quickly. No. <laughs> My no more fried chicken. Right. <laughs> My next position was still going into coordinating myself. You know, coordinating the event myself or co-producing the event. Um. Um. But before I even got to that point, I learned how to book artists very quickly. Um, the people that I was, lear- I was learning from were also booking agents. People in my family are booking agents. So I learned how to do that real quickly and was able to, once I was uh, doing the gophering and doing the uh, assistant to the pr- uh, producer or something like that, I learned how to to make friends with whoever was coordinating that artist in their camp. So I started becoming friends and 
getting numbers and so on and so forth and making contacts and so on and so forth. So it kind of paved the way for going into the booking industry as well. Okay. So now, did you have a lot of challenges when you started, you know, going into that that part of the the business? You know, because I know now that you're probably talking with publicists and managers and all that. Was it was it really challenging for you? The biggest challenge is the haters that are there. That's the biggest challenge because no one wants to see anyone else move up faster than they can or did, and that's surprisingly especially if they're doing the, you're doing the same thing that they're doing. Wow. Well, I know about haters because I go through that myself. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I'm brushing my finger off. <laughs> right. They, they do exist, but I, didn't, I never let that stop me because I learned early on how to maneuver around them. Now, some people would say, oh, he's happy-go-lucky, he's always happy, blah, blah, blah. I learned how to early on, and how I was taught was to say what you mean and mean what you say. And artists like that kind of honesty. So I used that, I used that and, and uh, befriending them and coming to them more or in management more of a, a, a building a relationship type than its only business type of thing. I did a lot of, you know, a lot of things I did when I first started, a lot of things I did for free. In the learning process, I did it. I did a lot of projects for free, and that also paved the way. Some people, some kids, when they come out, some people when they come out of college or school or whatever, of course they need money, but there's you know <laughs> they they'll requ- require something. But I did a lot of stuff for free. That's what made made a difference as well. Um, I you know I put my services out there for a long time for free, and I gained an incredible, incredible contact list from that. Well, that's the way to do it. Now, I'm going to name some people that you've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, we're going to start with Lil Wayne, Trey Song, Swiss Beats, uh, Beanie Siegel, Buster Rhymes, Mickey Howard, uh, Cassidy, Freeway, Fat Joe, Lil Scrappy, Jada Kiss, Neo, Jasmine Sullivan, Joe Santana, Young Leek, Kendra the Family Soul, Young Jeezy, Jim Jones, Petey Crack, Young Jock, G Unit, Miss Jade, Keisha Cole, Chris Brown, Tim Bland, The Dream, Megan Good, Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey, and Ava Pickford, among many. So now, once you, you became the person that actually are it was entrusted with these celebrities what did you have to do then like what was your position with them then you know because I, I see you have the deal maker which means that you're organizing certain deals with them within the industry so how did you get to be in that position um if i didn't book them for a show i was uh hired either i if, I'm, if I don't, if I haven't booked the artist for the show, I either am hired by a producer or promoter to coordinate that artist. Um, <laughs> you could say go go for it, but it's in a higher level because I'm dealing directly with the artist. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit different than me having to go 
five people and never see the artist or, or whatever it may be. So I'm dealing directly with the artist and making sure they're comfortable. And, and in most cases, the liaison between the promoter and the artist. Wow. So, yeah, so, that, so um, as far as the deal and so on and so forth, coordinating, booking, booking artists can be a very trying <laughs> event. You're making your negotiating sure. management. Yeah. You're negotiating with management, then you're back negotiating with the promoter, then you're back negotiating. You know, both sides have to be satisfied, and sometimes you're moving a great deal of money from one entity to another. Um, contracts have to be right because everybody's not right. Money can be mis, you know, misplaced, <laughs> misused, and abused. And I'm the type of I'm the person that kind of try to cut cut you know cut that action down as much as I can to make everything flow and everybody happy uh, as much as I can. Wow. So now, are you always working with a lot of these artists at the same time? When, when you're doing large shows, like the Little Wayne show I co-produced, um, you're dealing with several, from Little Wayne to Swiss Beats to Cassie to you're dealing with several artists. And uh, trying to coordinate several artists at one time, now that's, uh, <laughs> that's a, it's like a, a three-ring circus. But you can wow. get it done. Yeah, yeah. Because they all have different Ooh. demands. Now, are, are you the one that handles their um, their writers to make sure that that's all taken care of? Yeah. You know, because I, I, I've, I've been reading about some, some requests that some artists have had, you know, so you're the one dealing with the writers. Now, how difficult is that when they ask for some crazy stuff? <laughs> well, some artists are a little bit more demanding than others. Uh, some, some are divas, some are not. I have... Luckily, the ones that I have dealt with have all been real cool um, and easy to get along with. Um, you know, there's a couple of, of ones that are not, but, you know, but most of the ones that I've dealt with are, are easy, easygoing. Um, they see that you're trying to make them as comfortable as possible, so they're, they're, you know, they're cool. Now, do you find that um, a lot of times, it's the management of the artist that's just being so difficult as opposed to the artists themselves because a lot of times they leave it up to their manager or their publicist to do a lot of stuff. Would you say the higher majority is the management that's, you know, being crazy with the request as opposed to the artist? Um, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But then again, you know, the artists will get on them if, they, if, they're, if they're not – comfortable, with, you know, or the situation, you know, if the writer's not been met or, you know. So management is put in place to kind of be the gatekeeper or the guard dog for the artists that they're working with. So I can, you know, because wow. I understand that, because I do manage an art, you know, a writer, I can understand trying to make sure he's as comfortable as possible, um, you know, makes my job easier. I, you know, you never want to hear the artist in your ear saying, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you try to make you know you try to make sure that the, the other side gets what they need to get done as as uh, you know efficient and effective as they can. Hmm. Now, um, do you ever find yourself in competition with anybody else with the you know the same position as you, 
and maybe you guys are competing over certain artists at the same time? <laughs> That's where the haters come in. But, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a diplomatic person, and, I, and I've learned how to go around obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. In the game, in this, what I call the game industry, um, there's always someone trying to do what you're doing, and you have to uh, be that much more um, ahead of your game or on top of your game, excuse me, sharpening your skills, how you talk to people, how you from how you talk to people, from learning what's new in the industry, um, knowing your market, so on and so forth, know, learning the artists as fast as you can, what their likes or dislikes are, is things that will that help people do what I do. Wow. Okay, so now how do you like what kind of strategy do you have to help you be able to like just get along calmly <laughs> with all the people that are involved when you have a big production going on? <laughs> well, I can be honest, but sometimes I'm not always calm, but you know, I am I try to be as diplomatic as I can. Um with the staff that I have, when we're doing shows, they know. <laughs> they already know how I am when it comes to shows. I, I like things to run as smoothly as I can. However, I'm flexible enough to deal with anything that comes up my way. And believe me, when you're doing a big event, anything can happen. Um, unbeknown to anybody, uh, down to um, the mix-up of um, somebody's writer with another artist, <laughs> and that, that has happened before. And everybody's up in an uproar and so on and so forth and trying to deal with that. You deal with a little bit of everything. Um, but you just, I, me personally, my, my goal is to try to be as diplomatic as I can. Hmm. Now, I understand that you do a lot of work um, internationally. How does that work for you? Um. That's fine. If the uh, I'd rather do stuff internationally um, with the with the associate uh, with my associates because it seems that um, they move a little bit different than we do. Um, they, you know, in, as I say, Americans, um, they say what they mean to me, what they say a little bit more accurate, and I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Now, do you have to learn um, different languages in order to communicate with them? Um, or you just have interpreters? Most of, the countries that, most of the countries that I deal with, the liaison that I work with, usually uh, they, most countries uh, speak English. Well, that's a good thing. Because you right. don't want to try to go learning something and say the wrong thing in, the wrong, in that language and then insult people and don't even know what you just said. True, true. It's always, and also when you go into other countries doing events and stuff, you always want to also learn about the culture as much as you can before you go there. Knowledge is always the key. Yeah, I do. I do know that because I've talked to people who have um, found out that you know they they had a different understanding of the culture because they dealt with those people that actually lived in the U.S. and they didn't realize that. The people that were here in the U.S. lived totally different than the ones from their home um, country. 
And so they went there thinking whatever they did with their friends was okay with the people over there in other countries. And a lot of countries are very traditional. So this person that I talked to did a lot of dumb things that was pretty insulting to, you know, the people in the other country and almost got kicked kicked out. So <laughs> I, I know that you have to, you know, really, really be understanding it and see how they do things over there because it's nothing like what they do here. They just kind of relax over here. Wow. Now, in regards to, you know, a lot of the different things that you do, I mean, you're on the board of a lot of different programs, like um, the event that I was able to attend, the International DJ Trade Association in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how do you juggle what you do and then be, you know, appointed uh, at, in a high position to manage certain programs like that? Um, I'm, I'm on the board of directors of several organizations, but my passion is, you know, working with kids. Um, I work. I am on the board of directors of two organizations. One is uh, JNR Grassroots, uh, which is an um, artist mentoring program that deals with uh, young young adults that want to go into the industry. Um, you kind of mentor them on the, some do's and don'ts of what the industry will offer, um, and also the um, Brotherly Love Urban Youth Services, which is a community-based uh, youth service um, that try to help kids go to college. So those are two programs that are passions of mine. And then on the board of directors of the uh, DJ Trade Association, um, it seems like I'm always trying to help somebody go to the next level. And that helps artists and DJs um, come together to bridge that gap uh, between the artists and independent artists and DJs and try to help them go to the next level as well. Wow. Well, you you're a busy man, so it looks like you're you got your hands in a lot of different things. So, um does that take a lot of your time? It can. Um sometimes I can devote uh to the uh humanity organizations um like I should or can because of timing. Um However, I am always there for uh, any time they need me or any questions they need me to ask or my advice or counsel or anything like that. Um, right now, the, the biggest thing that I'm doing right now is trying to close deals. <laughs> and that's what I do, you know, that's what I try to do best. Now, can you give us an idea of the sort of deal that you normally um, work so we can get an understanding of that? Well, I'm what you would, my forte uh, is bringing people, bringing certain entities together. Uh, For instance, a person that has money to a person that's trying to do a project. Uh, Bringing them together uh, like an ambassador or the liaison is what I do. Um, Making both of their dreams or aspirations make sense so that they can do good business because I'm all about doing good business, not slimy business. So getting everybody as transparent as possible so everybody can do good business is is the goal that I have and continue to do that. And so far I've been successful doing that. However, most of the industry, there's a lot of people in the industry that do not do good business. 
They do slimy business, so it can be an obstacle mm-hmm. at times. Now, thinking about somebody who is known for doing slimy business, and you let's say you had to work with them because of the particular artist, what what would you do to to you know to make yourself not be able to be a victim of what kind of you know practices they're going to have at some point? Like I know you got to be like I spy, just like watch every word, cross every T. You know what what do you do when you're faced with something like that? <laughs> well, um, there's a particular individual that I you know have you know have to work with at times, um, and they're like that. Um, but I know how to, you know, I try to maneuver around them as much as I can. And uh, when you know that a snake will bite you, <laughs> you know not to play with the snake. <laughs> so you have to learn how to outmaneuver the snake as fast and quickly as you can. Um, and that's what I've, you know, with God's blessing, I've learned how to do that kind of master that. So I, I, I it, it's a skill that you have to learn. If you know somebody who's going to do you wrong, you have to protect yourself. You have to make sure that extra protection is there, and, and especially with contracts or uh, if you if you know you're going to get a roadblock in one direction, then you have to know how to detour. Wow. So now, <clears throat> let's say you're, you're faced with a situation like that and the artist mm-hmm. has no clue that this is a slimy person that's handling their business. Do you do you have to, you know, share your your feelings about that person or with the artist or do you just not, not say anything that I'm learning on their own? Well, it depends on what relationship you have with that artist. If you're not a very close friend with that artist and they don't know you're going to be 100 all the time with them, then uh, you wouldn't say anything because you not only do you want to, not get, you know, for instance, you never know how close an artist is with another person. Uh, so if you want to sound the alarm, uh, you better have a real good relationship with that artist. Or you'll be the one that, <laughs> your goal, you know, you'll be the one that the train goes over. When you, so my thing is, when you're trying to throw somebody under the bus, just make sure that you're not, you don't slip or fall under the bus yourself. Yeah, I would say make sure all the people that's already on them to get off first so they can watch True what's that. happening. That way it don't make you look like the one driving. So we We often in this industry, we run our mouths too much. And sometimes you can say something about somebody else to the wrong person and don't know what relationship that person has with that other person. Right. And, and end up getting in trouble more than what you meant to do. You know, you thought you were helping, but you really have to analyze what 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 the situation is. You really do. Um, if you don't care <laughs> and you say <laughs> and you're trying to warn the person, okay, but there's always reactions from a, a, a action. Wow. Now, I want to go back to the deals that you, you do, and I want you to give me an idea of the first deal that you had to accomplish and kind of tell me how you made it happen. Uh, first deal, let me see. 
Well, um, oh, that's going back some years. Hmm. First deal that I think that I closed. Was booking, booking. Who was it? Let me think. Let me think. Mm-hmm. I go back in my memory banks. <laughs> oh, okay. First day I was talking. <laughs> go my memory bank. Uh, was booking, booking state property artists. Okay. And, and people, the people who know state property, um, they are part of the Rockefeller. Uh, Death Jam uh, as a segment, uh, booking booking those artists um, and negotiating, you know, with their management uh, for the promoters that was paying for them. Okay, so now what was the deal that you had to um, work out with them? It always comes down to money. <laughs> it always <laughs> comes down to money and for them to agree that uh, for, for all parties to agree to the terms. Um, that's what it makes it comes out when you when a deal maker is a deal maker. It, it always comes to the money that the person is putting into it, and then it comes to the person you know that's accepting it. Um, being in the middle of thousands and thousands of dollars, that's what I usually am in the middle of sometimes. Um, then at one time, after I started booking those kind of deals, I went into doing the club. I went into the club owner industry, and then closing those deals uh, as well, bringing major artists like The Game and Chris Brown and people like that uh, to the establishment that I co, you know, co-owned. Um, closing those deals are deals that I that I did as well, um, as far as um, of artists dealing with their uh, personal uh, contractual uh, situations is also what I did as well. Wow. Did it take you very long to close a deal? It can. When the money's not right or the agreements are not right, it can. <laughs> it can every, because every side has to be, uh, every side has to be satisfied. We just finished up a movie, the uh, movie. Uh, well, we're finishing up a movie with Jay Holiday and Elise Neal, um, closing closing their contracts and and making sure they're happy with what you know what what percentages they're getting, what's after the fact, you know, done after the fact, the post production, so on and so forth. Are things that I do as well. And that movie is oh. called School of Hard Knocks, and that should be out next year. <laughs> oh, so I, I was. I love me some Jay Holiday, and I, I was wondering what he was up to. I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, he's working on his new project. Good. And Elise Neal is always one of my favorites. Right, yes. She she played on All of Us and the Ugly's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also did something that a, a, one of my friends um, did the music score on. Um, I think it's called Ransom. Something yes, like that. It was about a yeah. Her husband was kidnapped, and she didn't believe that he was being kidnapped. So she was, you know, 
put them on the phone, you know, one of those kind of things. Right, right. <laughs> and, and they had to do stuff to make her take it serious or something. But I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I'm, I want to check that out. But I like that that she's in, like, a variety of different types of things, you know, from, like, TV to movies, things like that. Now, let me ask you this. Is it different in making a deal with a film production and like, I mean, or more challenging than it is with a music deal? I'd rather do a, I'd rather do a film production or a TV production. I think it's more cut and dry <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, in the music industry, you know, you have so, sometimes you have so many, pe- so many people's hands in certain pots. It, it can be difficult when, everybody, when everybody's uh, uh, have their own opinion on what, you know, if you've got 12 people trying to make one decision, that, that can be difficult. Wow. Now, when you make those deals with the um, with the music industry, do you have to cover, like, all the things entailed, like even the royalties and, you know, um, and all that, that different all those different components involved, is that your responsibility or does someone else come in and start, you know, taking over that part? Well, that can be. If, I have a, if I'm invested in the situation, I always think of how I can make residual income. And this industry is always about residual income, <laughs> for me anyway. <laughs> I need to make money five, six years after, after the fact if I can. It depends on the project. Wow. Now, are these are these ethics that you have and these practices that you use, are you using them to teach um, some of those young people that you work with in the, in the youth program, the ones interested in getting involved in music? It seems like they, they need someone like you to teach them those ins and outs so they don't get taken advantage of. Yes, if they're willing to listen, um, you know, um, if they're willing to listen, I'm willing to teach and I do that, you know, try to teach them the ins and outs and what to look for. If I see a train coming, I'm going to tell them to move out the way. Now, some will stand in front of the train, but some will say, oh, I got you. And they learn quickly and they maneuver. Um, and that's the kind of, you know, young adult that I like to work with. Well, I, I I really love that because you know you need someone that that can be direct with you and and be honest with you about what to expect because I know some people don't they get the sugar coated version of how it is until they get in there and then they just get you know like you said before thrown under a bus and I guess that's to show who's going to have this the standing power. Because right. not everybody is strong that can tolerate that. There's so many one-hit wonders out there. <laughs> and then one-hit wonders because of the deal that they the deal that they signed, and the one-hit wonders because that maybe that one hit didn't do what was totally expected. You know, a lot of a lot of young people. Um, I've been I consulted two young artists. One was an uh, artist by the name of. Uh, Young Leek, which was a Def Jam artist, and I consulted a young artist by the name of Young Steph. Um, when you are dealing in this industry, you have to learn very quickly that this industry does not love you. <laughs> it is a job. Mm-hmm. And everybody involved has to work. You cannot expect no one to make you into a star if you don't make yourself a star. Never assume that somebody else 
is going to take your career to the next level if you can't take your career to the next level. It's all about the money game. It's all about what you, you know, if anybody in this industry gives you something and you think it's for nothing, that's not true. Because most of the wow. people don't give. Most of the people don't give nothing without wanting something. Name some of the, um, the the film production deals that you've done other than the one we just talked about. So I can uh, um, let everybody know, you know, the, the type of quality of work you're doing. Um, I work with an artist by the name of Trump. He has written, not written, I would say he has rewritten. A rewriter is a person that... Um, is hired to, after a script is done, and either they would rewrite certain parts of a particular script or uh, write in the entire script. Um, I negotiate his deals that he does, and he has uh, been in major, uh, major um, film projects, of course. He uh, works with Will Smith, and when he needs to do, when he needs uh, extra thought or extra counseling or management consulting or even management, he, I'm the person that he comes to. Wow. So he comes to you about something he has to do with Will Smith. Anything he has to do, any businesses, any business projects he has. I'm the, I'm the person mm. he, he directs them to. Mm. Well, that makes you a, a really, you know, go-to man <laughs> for something like that, um, it seems to me. Now, do you have a lot of people that come to you and, you know, in confidence for certainly like big business people, you know, because they know about your reputation and, and how successful you are? Do you find yourself faced with big business, like say somebody up there with Donald Trump or something like that? Do you find anything like that happening? Yes, I, I do a lot of different uh, companies when it comes to sponsorships, so there are a lot of different companies when it, when it comes to putting uh, productions on. Yes, yes, that's, so that that happens all the time. Wow. Now, can you name um, or actually just share an experience with one of the artists that you worked with that's something that's really memorable for you? Hmm. One particular uh, artist um, that I found that was very memorable was how nice the artist was after I was told that uh, the artist was not so nice. <laughs> so sometimes you can, if somebody tells you something bad about somebody, you need to you need to learn that person yourself. Don't always take somebody else's, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, somebody else's uh, word on something because when you meet that person you may definitely think that something totally different wow do you find yourself um, you know going to a lot of entertainment events with the artists you know now that you let's say you put their deals together and they have like their little private VIP parties, do, are you one of the people that get like a VIP invitation? To, you know, 
uh, events like that? Yes. The, one of the best parties of <laughs> Will Smith goes from the best parties. <laughs> Everybody and their mama is usually there. <laughs> so what makes a, a Will Smith party something to go to that, that's fun? What is What kind of things does yeah. he do? Everybody and their mama is usually there, literally. And when celebrity wise, everybody, you know, everybody. So you have him in his house, or he just like rents this huge club and um, just have a party? The ones that I went to, he usually had venues, different venues, um, so forth. Yeah, because I can't imagine having a whole bunch of people in my house like that. <laughs> I don't care if it was like a, a mansion with three wings to it, you know. Right. <laughs> I know where everybody is. <laughs> now, do you often go to all the award shows, you know, and have your presence shown there too? You know, I am there sometimes. I, I pick and choose what I go to. Um, I need a, <laughs> I was just talking to one of my friends the other day. I need a publicist. I'm getting I'm getting more 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 visible now, and I like to be in the background. So being uh-huh. more visible, I, I, I'm, hopefully she'll take me on as a, as being a public, you know, my publicist. But um, usually I don't. I don't. I don't. It, I pick and choose with events I go to. Well, it's good that you have that ability because some people just they don't get to go anywhere or. You know, they they get asked for everything, and they just don't they don't want to go because of the way people are. You know, it's a right, lot of true. upside down smiles, and you know, a lot of fake people. And I know that I'm not a big party goer myself, but I would just want to go just to meet people. But I would think that over time it would be like I would leave it there at that party. Whatever I experience, I leave it right there at the party. Well, some, you know, I'm not a really big partier. If I'm going to an event, it's because I'm getting ready to close the deal. And that's how I look at it. It's business for me. I don't drink. So, you know, if I'm going there, it's a, it's, it's, if, if, I'm at a, if I'm at a party or a situation, I'm, I'm networked. It's, it's work for me. It's not, you know, I work, I, one of the things that I do best is work a room. I can work the mess out of a room and leave, and leave <laughs> that room with, with <laughs> you know, <laughs> business contact with everybody. That that's just what I do. That's the fun part for me. Wow. Now, outside of what you do within the music and film industry, um, and then the organizations that you're a part of, what other things do you are you involved with in your career? You know, are you doing anything else to keep your time just locked down? Um, I still sing. I still sing, you know, different functions and so on and so forth. People ask me to sing and so on and so forth uh, that know that I have that talent. Um, you know, uh, I just did a, a music festival in Nice Town in Philadelphia over the summer, and, I, and you know, I enjoyed myself doing that. Wow. Now, uh, I'm a Philadelphia native myself, so the next time you come to Philly, please get in touch with me. So we can meet again and okay. then, um, you know, talk in person because uh, I do know that we have a lot of stuff going on right now. I'm involved with the Philadelphia Cleft Club. Um, it's a jazz 
based, uh, well, smooth jazz based club right down there, Broad and Fitzwater. And they just started doing uh, After Work Thursday. So they have a lot of artists that come there, a lot of jazz artists that perform there. So, you know, if you happen to be in Philly on a Thursday night between 5 and 9, just let me know that you'll be in the area so we can go and I can let you see the, the stuff that's going on there. Um, and they don't even charge for it. Hmm? That just re- that just uh, reminded me as well. I am personally looking for um, a vocalist um, to shop uh, to uh, several major labels that I have uh, ties with, and uh, you know I'm looking for the next hot thing. So um, I definitely would come down there and see what's going on. Well, that would be wonderful because they have a lot of vocalists um, that are really great that come there. And then sometimes they actually have uh, independent artists um, that haven't been discovered or anything come in there and do things. And I'm going to be working with them to do some other type of uh, events there with um, networking with businesses to bring more business attention to the uh, organization. Mm-hmm. As well as, you know, me having the radio show, I'm always working with um, indie artists, and mm-hmm. they're always looking for, you know, the possibility of being discovered. So, um, well, we could work together on that, too, because I can get you some people to listen to. You just tell me exactly what you're looking for. But okay. I get a lot of people, and they're really good. So you're looking for a male or a female vocalist? It doesn't make a difference. They have to be marketable, and I'm looking for them as young as I can get them, uh, at least at least over 18, but uh, okay. between 18 and 24 for age. Well, I can, looking, I can help I'm you with that for sure. I'm, I'm definitely looking for someone that, that can think out the box when it comes to their vocals and more of an artist than a vocalist. I need someone that can, you know, that can – be a crossover artist as well as other, you know, other uh, forms of music as well. Okay. See, so a lot, they of, have a lot to of people experienced. Go ahead, I'm sorry. They have to be experienced and um, will have the skills for various genres because I know some people do one genre limited, but do you, would you prefer somebody that can do maybe R&B as well as pop or, you know, definitely have a jazzy definitely. soul voice? Okay. Definitely. Cool. Um, definitely, and also, um, you know, it depends. And if they do have a vocal voice, then there's also avenues for that too. I do have, um, you know, international connections as well, and that are they're always looking for new talent to, you know, go internationally as well. Wow. Now, um, I was thinking, um, a lot of people that do what you do. They often have, you know, connections or or they just do things like American Idol. How do you feel about things like American Idol? Do you think it really finds the right type of talent? I do in some in most cases with with American Idol. Um American Idol uh gives the artist the opportunity to sing different styles and different genres of music and it also gives them the skill of stamina. You have artists like Fantasia. You have artists like Jennifer Hudson uh, that sound, not only do they sing R&B, they sing pop, they sing country, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, you, you have a more well-rounded entertainer for those that, you know, make it up those ranks of American Idol and things like that. Do you ever find that, um, you know, maybe they didn't make the right choice at times um, when they, you know, because I've watched it and I see how they have, you know, a, a person that I knew was going to win and that person didn't win, somebody that just, to me, just didn't have it. Um, do you ever think that, you know, the person who didn't win, that, that everybody had the more popular vote for, has a better chance, you know, of being successful? Well, <laughs> it's politics with everything. <laughs> sometimes even the winners, uh, even the winners of that uh, may not have been the best choice of winning. Uh, and some of the losers, you know, some of the losers may have had a better vocal uh, talent. So, you know, I won't name no names. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to give me like <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, because now they, the new America Idol has, you know, because I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but, the, you know, I, I'm just kind of torn now. But I know I'm not watching now because I love Simon, and Simon's not there anymore. And, right. um now they have you know, Jennifer Lopez and, and Philip Tyler, so, wow. You know what? what Simon, you know, a lot of people don't like Simon, but what Simon brought to that was realness. Right. Reality. Knowing what the industry, yeah, reality, what, knowing what the industry really is looking for and what it's not looking for. You know, sometimes he may have been over the top, but he was real. If you sound like That's crap, what I he love told you, you sound like crap, right? Mm-hmm. Because I was right there with him. I said, you're right, Simon. If I sat next to him, I would have said, why are y'all arguing with Simon? (laughs) He's telling the truth. He is telling the truth. Because I I hate when somebody buttercoats somebody that, you know, that they feel might go commit suicide because somebody told them they couldn't sing or they didn't sound that, you know. I think if you're going to get in the industry that you need to be able to accept that Right. Wow. <laughs> well, you hear that? That's, That's a train. piano. <laughs> train? No, the train. That's a train. Wow. I thought that was your ringtone. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I haven't been watching it because it, they argue so much with Simon when he's being realistic about an artist, and I just said, forget it. You know, I'm not watching it anymore because it's not gonna be realistic. And and I find that there's a lot of politics and a lot of these type of shows. Even with uh, Dance with the Stars, it's a lot of politics in that too. Like one thing, I don't understand how you know Sarah Palin's daughter is on there. She's not a star. She doesn't do anything. Her, her mom's not even a star. She's just a politician. So if anything, why wasn't she on there? You know. So my question would be to you, do you find that, you know, people kind of muscle themselves in the stuff because of money or the, who they know or whatever to get involved in some high-power show or some, you know, some deal or whatever? You ever see stuff happening like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no comment on that question. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that, that, things like that happen all the time. You know, powers that be. You know, <laughs> we all, you know, <laughs> powers that be. You never, you know. Sometimes we can't question it. Sometimes we just like, okay, let's, you know. Yeah, I understand it. Well, I, I, I experienced something similar to that type of power um, when I worked for um, a TV network um, some years ago and in the department that I was working in. And the guy who was my boss's partner um, was messing around. He's married, but he's messing around with this new girl, this young girl who was his assistant. And he wanted his assistant closer because, I guess whatever kind of activity he was doing, he had to spend too much time trying to lie about where he was at. (laughs) So if he had her right there in the office, then it would be closer for him, you know, and then his wife wouldn't know anything going on. So um, because my position was so new, he he just figured he wanted to get me to train her to do what I do so that he can um, remove me and let her do what I was doing. Wow. Well. And, uh, I mean, I, I was mad. I was mad. But I did, like, you know, I was working at Channel 10 at the uh, radio station area where they had WOGL down on, you might know, remember that, um, by uh, City Line Avenue? Right, right, um, yeah. They used to have WOGL over there. So, you know, most people would have said they would have dimed him out to his wife. <laughs> um, but I didn't do nothing like that. I just went on right. and going. Well, sometimes it's now, yeah, that's just the way it rolls sometimes. So, you yeah, know, it is. But uh, I, I find myself in a better place right now because of that. So it, it didn't do any harm to me. Okay. <laughs> now, um, have you ever had a deal that you worked hard on that you had to lose to somebody else? Yes. Uh, <laughs> when you have a bigger, okay, I'm a, I have a small company, um, but when you have a bigger company that can offer an artist more money, no matter what, you know, they'll, they may say, oh, here's your, you know, here's your contract back, here's your money back, uh, we're going with them because they're offering us more money. That can happen all the time. It has happened to me. Mm-mm-mm. And then, so now, you, know, you, may have, you may have put in weeks of work, weeks of work, and, you know, hmm. big companies, you know, you have bigger companies that do the same thing I do, like, you know, a company called Live Nation. Everybody knows Live Nation. Sometimes when they go after oh, the yeah. they can close a deal because they are known to be, you know, to pay more to get what they want done. Wow. Well, I know they're they're almost like um, Clear Channel or something. They're like monopolizing a lot of stuff. Well, Clear so, Channel, um, they, they are partners in a lot of things. They are, you know, they're, they're yeah. in, well, one of the same in a lot of cases. Well, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> I mean, you might as well just get on the, on the train with them, you know. Don't get on the other track. Just get on the train with them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that it is a lot of competition amongst African Americans in the industry, and especially with people that are moving up, and that even if they have the money, it's still like, you know, a lot of other folks that 
still have that power. What kind of advice would you give African Americans that want to pretty much go in like the direction that you're going? Um, hmm. my advice is uh, get people around you. Make your circle of friends and people that are around you that you know helping you with your business. Um, make sure that they are trustworthy. And, and and reliable because you you may have a particular company name, but they may do something that tarnishes that name, and it wasn't even you. That happens all the time. Yeah. Well, somebody else can mess your stuff up <laughs> and your stuff. <laughs> so knowing who you're working with is, is is and doing research on them is that's very important. That's my advice. Now, what would you do to take um, important steps to meet the right person that is going to be influential in a deal that you're trying to close? Let's say you needed to meet Hugh Hefner because, say, his granddaughter or somebody was like a big artist now and you were trying to work a deal with her. What kind of steps would you make to to go to the person that's going to be influential in you closing that deal. <laughs> You're trying to give me the time of all my trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you can give us like well, your cliff notes. <laughs> the cliff notes. Um, there uh, literally is five to eight degrees of separation. If you know, if you really think about it, um, Somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that could be you best friend. So you have to think about who's in your contact list, who's in your network. And if you figure out, you know, people like you, millions of people, hundreds of people come to him with ideas all the time. But what's going to make your thing different? If you do, you, you find out, or you, oh, yeah, such and such, such and such, such and such knows, you know, the best thing, you know, you got to catch him, catch him when, you know, uh, he may be available. It takes a lot of work. It doesn't, it, it's not easy. It's not, nothing is not that easy. And, and um, it takes a lot of hard work. I'm a strategic planner, so I strategize how to do or, uh, maneuver a contact and how I'm going to get, you know, to someone I need to talk to. Yeah, that's pretty much how I have to do it these days, too. <laughs> yeah, you have to <laughs> strategize. And, but it's, you don't strategize. It's it's work. I know. Uh, speaking of Hugh Hefner, I have an associate who just actually did a uh, fundraiser event at his mansion uh, over the summer. <laughs> And I'm like, I want her to be my best friend <laughs> because I, I've always wanted to go to his mansion just to party. But I didn't know that he was influential in a lot of fundraising events, you know, and, and things like that. I thought he was just the type of person to just make a donation and move on. But to have something like that really just put him in a different light for me. I don't know. It's just because he's getting older or what. I don't know. 
But uh, okay. I'm sure that a lot of people do stuff like that. You know, do you ever have to do any kind of, you know, uh, like unique events, you know, like settle the deal with those type of things? Um, yes, I do. Because I'm an entertainment, as an entertainment consultant, um, whatever the client is asking, you know, whatever the client comes to you, if you want to take it on, um, you take on the project. It's 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 work to me. It's just work, so wow. that's how I look at it. You know, if it's a bearded lady that needs uh, wants to do a party, or <laughs> okay, that's her <laughs> okay. So what? She's bearded. Okay, it's work for me. She's paying me to make her party the best party or event that I can possibly do. So would that include if, like, um, let's say some wealthy person's uh, little teenager wanted Lil Wayne to come to her birth to her 16th birthday party? Would you do, be the person to make a deal like that? I, I have, you know, I have tried to do that. It depends on if Wayne wants to do that. <laughs> but if their money's right, <laughs> you know, if it's a person from the Middle East that they want to spend five million dollars on that to happen, then hey, I'm your person. I'll make sure they get there. Trust me. Yeah, five million dollars. <laughs> you probably get something like that too. <laughs> I, would be I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised as well. <laughs> and, I, and look, you can darn near do you can darn near do anything for the right amount of money and proof of funds. Because the artist one, artist wow. and manager, only one knows the funds is there. Funds is there, or we can do it. Mm-mm-mm. Now, um, with the organizations that you are um, involved with, um, do you have any kids that you would say are learning a lot and excelling that you can see them being, you know, very successful what they do or what they want to do? Um, some of the, some are, uh, have that talent. I, when I'm working for a kid with with a kid, and I'm really taking time for that kid, I have to see that spark in them, like I had at that age. If I see that spark in them, uh, you know, then I can then I can know I can mold them and direct them to the right path that they can go in certain certain uh, arenas. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're working with them, you know, are they more concentrated on who you've been involved with and trying to get you to introduce them to, you know, their favorite artists? Or are they I don't seriously work with kids, trying to? Uh, yeah. Right. I don't work with kids like that. Not, in, mm-hmm. not, in, not in when I'm bringing them into my business. No, I don't work with kids like that. Because if you bring them around an artist, they can mess up your situation because they don't know how to act. You know, they would have to, you know, so, you know, I don't even, I give, you know, when I'm working with a youth, or bringing a youth under my wing, they are, they are tested, trust me. If they can't handle certain situations, then I don't put them in, in those type of situations. And that's being real. <laughs> right, because um, they can just go off and, and just, Oh my God, you know, like it's all over the person, and like just, you know, I know some artists are probably like they're pretty private and they don't want anybody just smoozing all the time, and they might just be over your house to, you know, play some 
I don't know, some, uh, we or something. Right. And, you <laughs> and know they what? had um, some kid over there tripping over them, you know. Let me, when early on in my career, when I was a, a runner, I had a chance to work on someone's tour, an artist, well-known artist tour, and I brought a friend along and got fired off of that job because when that friend, when, we, when that artist walked past that friend, that friend grabbed the artist. Frankly, like, mm. oh my God, you know, and, and guess what? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. You know, when they start asking, who are you? Where are you? I mean, who brought you here? And it came back to me, you know, everybody looking at me like, uh. So you got to be careful who you bring around, who. So you get very careful. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> Yeah, there's somebody messing everything up for you. Everything. Mm. So now, um, with the events that you are involved with and that are, you know, the deals that you're working on now, um, Mm -hmm. and then all the other work, what do you do outside of work to just relax? You know, I mean, what do you do? Work. Work. <laughs> That's what I do. Right now I'm at the stage of my career that I have to work a lot to get what I need to get done. Because I'm not where I need to be right now. I need to get I have a goal. Okay, so what's the goal? What is it that you would like to a- accomplish? I want to be an entertainment mogul. One of my mentors, uh, one of the people that I look up to, uh, highly is Clive Davis. Yeah, I like him too. Mm-hmm. I he, is, be a he is Davis. the ultimate. <laughs> that's that's. So you be the you be the black Clive Davis. <laughs> that's, that's that's who I want to be. Yes. Yeah, that would be excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my don't forget about. Don't forget about people like me when you when you get the Clive status. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be supporting you all, all the right. way. I'll Thank be rooting you so for you. Okay, all right. That's admirable. That's admirable. Now, do you ever have you know the desire to to own your own like you know label and and all that has to do with it, like the promotion part of it, the distribution and all that stuff? Do you want to no. ever like? No. I don't. I don't have the aspiration to own my own label. Um, entertainment consulting company, yes. I do own my own entertainment consulting company. And I do work mm-hmm. and partner with other entertainment consulting companies as well. Where do you see the future of, of uh, music labels? Going back to how Motown used to do it, where the, where the artists had to work and their management had to work just as hard as the label did to make a uh, make a hit. I say going, you know, history always repeats itself. Where you know, <laughs> you know, even even though back in the day they did see labels put money back into the artists, but it's coming to the point where the artist is going to have to take control of their own career. No one can manage or no one can uh, create your career better than you can. Wow. So do you, do you think that's going to be possible for a lot of these artists? Because 
You know, they're so used to letting the, the management take over everything. So do you think it's going to reduce the amount of artists that we have? Yes. Right now, if you look at how many artists that are really moving, you know, they're, you know, a lot of them are putting, now they're putting key people in key places that have a track record of doing X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Now, in regards to the you know the way things are moving with the uh, music industry, where do you see you know the access to radio now for artists? You know, because I see a lot of people having a difficult time to get on there, and then now they're taking over you know certain aspects of the internet to to get you know the radio presentation. Where do you see that going? On an artist standpoint, and what I would advise an artist is that any media outsource that you can get on, get on it. All media, <laughs> from TV to radio, Internet radio, uh, AM, FM, whatever, get on it. You need to try to uh, push yourself as much as you can. Well, I agree with that, and... Um... I enjoy doing what I do, having this uh, format with Internet radio. And I've met a lot of great artists and, uh, you know, other people in the entertainment industry. Now, I also talked to some people who have stated that, you know, this particular artist is only going to go with major media. But my opinion was in, in that particular situation, you know, when you're just trying to get back on your feet or whatever – you really need to reconnect with, with the people who buy your music. And the people who buy your music are going on the Internet. Correct. And they're the ones who are listening to, you know, the, the smaller stations or whatever because they have more control over what they're going to pick to listen to. So, you know, I had I had talked to someone and told them, you know, you can go to all the major if you want to, but nobody's listening to that. Nobody's listening to that major radio thing because once that person goes and does an interview, it's like the interview's gone. You don't hear right. it anymore. On Internet radio, you can download that interview. You can listen to it over and over. If you're playing somebody's music, you know, like clips or whatever, you get to have a review of it before you buy the CD. You know, and you get to listen to it from your cell phone. You can listen to it from your iPad or whatever. All those different electronic devices allow you to listen to it. But you can't do that with regular radio. That's just in the car, or I don't even know anybody that plays it off of actual radio. <laughs> I don't have one. So what do you think about that? You know, like, do you think that the Internet is kind of like re revolutionizing the way we listen to music and, and promote it? Um, I think uh, any outsource, I think that any outsource that uh, an artist can do, they need to get on it. <laughs> they need to sell those records. They need to get out there. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, there's other resources now, like people coming up with all kinds of stuff off the wall to help artists, you know, promote their music. And um, I see major artists. Pretty much on MySpace, that's all you see now. You just see major artists. It used to be just independent artists' faces gracing the front pages. But now that MySpace is so huge now, it looks like the major artists are like just jumping on it. So right. do you think it'll ever go back to 
the old-fashioned way of promotion, you know, like people just selling I, out of their cars? Or? I do. I do. It's going it's gonna, it's gonna to revert back to <laughs> people doing anything they can to sell <laughs> records. Yes, I do. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, now, what, what would be what would be the next thing that you do with your career? Um, the next thing is trying to close these deals, close the deals that I have on the table. I'm trying to, just like I said, I'm trying to do, continue to do major and, um, and bigger and better things always, all, all the time. Continue to keep going into TV and uh, and the movie uh, industry and just continue to do as much entertainment as possible. Wow. Now, you you um, were instrumental in us getting our guest that we had last night, um, Ray Lavender. Um, yes. Are you handling all the deals that he makes now? Because he mentioned he was getting involved with a lot of stuff now since being on that show, on the Ultimate right. Merger. No, I, I'm not. I'm not um, whatever comes my way, I can uh, and I will assist Ray because he's a good friend. And, that, mm-hmm. you know, that's where that stands. But, um if something does come up, a movie deal or something like that, or television, then yes, I would. Then I would be instrumental in doing something uh, with Ray in that aspect. Yes. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much for being a wonderful guest and taking some of your time to share a lot of knowledge with us about what your profession is and how you know some aspects of the industry is. Is this something that you would like to share with the listening audience? you know, as a way of advice uh, for people who want to get involved in a business like you? Yes. Um, my main advice to anyone that wants to do what I do is say what you mean and mean what you say. Your word is everything, and it is your bond. So if you can't do something, tell that person or tell that client you can't do it. Never have them thinking you can do something that you can't. Well, that's some great advice. Because some people just think they have to little, tell little white lies <laughs> to and get know, some And know they you right and get some gray. Exactly. Well, it's always going to come back to you. It's just like soap operas. You know, when you watch a soap opera and you see somebody doing something dirty, they always get caught. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, I appreciate what you know what you have to offer, and I hope that we can you know work together in the future. Please remember that this format is open for any of your clients who need to promote anything, whether it's music or film, you know, a project. If you if you're managing someone who's writing a book now or anything like that, okay. um, we actually promote to you know um, a lot of different people on the internet, a lot of different audiences, and we would love to have anybody that you can refer so that we can Perfect. help promote them as well. So Thank keep you so us much. in mind. I will. Now we're going to we're going to end our show with some more music by Ray Lavender because um, I did have a song that was one of my favorites. It was that song "Girls Got a Girlfriend," which I thought was a, a cool video as well. So for all you people who are listening, make sure you download this great information from our guest Trey McNair. And Trey, and also, you have a wonderful evening. Go ahead. I also want to um, also say that Ray has a great song called Hug, and uh, that's going to be, uh, I think, a major crossover crossover hit for him if, if he puts it out. It's called Hug. It's, it's just one of those wow. songs that it's a, a very good humanity song. 
Well, I look forward to having that. And I told him whenever he comes up with something new or whatever, you know, just send it over to me because I can add it to the playlist and help him promote that. I'm actually in the process of putting um, him on the front page of our radio site. So, you know, I'll, okay. I'll email you the link to check it out. Please do. All right. Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful evening, Trey, and thanks again for being a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. And for my listeners out there, don't forget, um, if you have something that you would like to promote, be sure that you uh, get in touch with us at mznndradio at gmail.com. And you can email your music. Just send me three to four uh, tracks in MP3 format. You can send me your a brief bio, a photo of yourself. Uh, please give me a description of what you want to promote. It doesn't matter what it is as long as it's clean and it is not causing any harm to anybody. Um, it could be, a, you know, any kind of green product for your household. It could be a TV show, radio show, you know, music. Our uh, Random Promotion Mondays is a perfect spot for that. And we're going to have more entertainment and promotions coming this coming Monday. And uh, we look forward to pleasing, you know, all the people out there that love to listen to the show and love to learn new things. So right now we're going to go ahead and play Girl Got a Girlfriend. And, of course, we're going to end the last part of our show with our theme song from the movie Kill Bill. Um, It's the theme from Kill Bill, and that was produced by RZA. So everybody have a great evening. Thanks for coming. Low so. It's all. I ain't tripping. I mean, who don't want to kill two birds with one stone? <laughs> My girl got a girlfriend. Yeah, I said a girlfriend. Not the Tracy Ellis, Goldie Brooks type of girlfriend. Though she was my girl's friend. Her Laverne and Cheryl friend. Till this one night I pulled up on the girls when they was in my girl bins. Kissing on my girl's skin. Knew this ain't the first time when I saw these girls grin. I ain't even tripping on the girl like in girl trim. But if you won't be with your boo, I want to be with you too. It's 1.30, I'm kinda hungry Cause I know my girl lonely Going back to my crib It's kinda early Surprise my girl because I know she waited I open the front door I hear moaning For real somebody, I'm finna kill somebody Then I get closer I hear groaning Bust in the door and see my girl with a chick That's when I know that my girl got a girlfriend I just found out but it's As long as I can be with a my girl got a girlfriend It really is not a problem Cause I'ma make it do what it do Cause having two chicks is better than no chicks I'd rather just join in Keep my girl and keep the other one My girl got a girlfriend It really is not a problem Cause I'ma make it do what it do Do you know you're wrong, Shawty? Could've told me that you were sleeping with a chick How the hell you gonna I thought we were better, Shawty You so stingy Why you was kissing on it?
girlfriends. Yeah. I think they swerving. Yeah. I think they undercover lovers slash girlfriends. Yeah. I'm with the merging. I just want my turn and I just want to see what my girlfriend is learning. What else? You, me, and her is better than you and her. I'll be doing you while you be doing her. It'll be beautiful though you is who I prefer. See what I do for you, I won't talk to her. What else? They say one is so close to none. It's twice as nice, so I know most are done. Three the hard way and grow close to hun. With that quick tongue that's so close to pun. But that's a new girlfriend. I got two girlfriends. Both call me daddy, so it's like I got two girl twins. The girlfriend does a few things she wants. And I work on doing two things at once. My girl got a girlfriend. Make it do what it do 